You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. What up, everybody? It's your boy, Al Mega. Welcome to a brand new Comic Crusaders Podcast. Excuse the stairs. It's like... One of our guests is like the stairway to heaven. Yes, comic book heaven. We're going about to get down and learn about this dope new book through IDW called Crashing. All right. So let me first up introduce the writer of this book. All right. Homie's been a sales manager, director. He's even been a VP at some other company, let me tell you. But right now he's back in the writing game with this dope story. Let me introduce the one, the only Mr. Matthew Klein. What's up, kiddo? How you doing? Doing great. Thanks so much for having me. That is a heck of an intro. I, I hear that intro and I'm like, did I actually do all that? <laughs> but no, thank you so much. So excited to be here. Yeah, I'm happy to have you. Let me introduce your creative partner, you know, the other half of this dynamic duo. The better she's half. The, comp- the better half. Absolutely. There we go. She's, she's a comic artist. You've probably seen her work on DC and Image and other places. But right now you're going to see her dope skills all over this book called Crashing, all right? She's also a comic book enthusiast. You believe that? Hey, let me bring the one, the only Morgan Bean. Wepa, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> thanks so much for having me on now. No, thanks for coming through. Thank you for your patience, because this has been a very technologically inclined show prior. <laughs> the green room was hell, folks. <laughs> but we're here now. We're going to talk some kind of talk about Crashing, right? Jeez, anyway. Let's do it. I need to have an origin story because this is a Comic Crusaders podcast. So I'll let the lady in the house begin first, Madame, if you will, wh- where you hail from and uh, what was your first taste of fandom? Uh, so I um, originally am from Denver, Colorado, which is where I actually currently live. Um, <clears throat> and I got into comics actually uh, via way of anime in my youth. Uh, when I was a tiny kid, I was obsessed with Sailor Moon. Uh, which she used to play on, you know, 6 a.m. before school. Um, the only time they could get kids up early, right? But this is the only time you could get kids up early back in the day. It was an anime. Mine was Robotech at 6 a.m. <laughs> oh, I love Robotech also. Yeah, a lot of good stuff. I'd actually, my, my mom didn't love us watching a lot of TV, so I'd have to, like, sneak down into the basement and watch it before she'd get up. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then make believe you got up. Oh, I'm sorry, mom was sleeping still. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, but, yeah, and then I figured out, you know, the episodes only came out like once a week or so. Um, and I was always a kid who loved to read. Um, and I figured out that they had, you know, comics of it and they were based on that. And from there, okay. it was just the whole comic aisle was just a, a wide awakening of everything I, I grew into loving. Uh, so so who took you to was... the first shop? Um, you know, I think I took myself. There was this local bookstore that was called The Tattered Cover that just used to be like a bike ride uh, away from where I lived. Uh, most okay. of my parents worked, so I was kind of a latchkey kid. So a lot of my friends and I, we would go down to this bookstore. Bless this bookstore for putting up with us as kids. You know, we'd <laughs> hang out there after school like it was the mall. I don't know. And we'd, we'd get books and we'd sit around in circles and read and get into comics that way. Uh, so Kemi me had a trouble, gotcha. too. <laughs> so instead of the mall rats, who were the book rats. Okay, yeah, got kinda. it. <laughs> awesome. That's pretty nice. All right. So we're going to move on from there in a moment. But I need to know Big Matt's origin story here now. Talk, talk about where you're from and your early stages of fandom. Sure. Uh, I grew up in Philly. 
uh, downtown Center City there. And uh, honestly, I, I didn't read comics till I was in college. I was trying to get a date with the girl down the hall. She was reading 52, the week series. Um, so I started picking up Batman graphic novels because I grew up a fan of like the animated series and the Spider-Man cartoons, all those like mid nineties, early nineties cartoons. The good stuff. Uh, good so that's stuff really where 90s. I got in. My uncle, my uncle did buy me a death of Superman promising me it would pay for college. And uh, this is why I don't speak to my uncle to this day. No, that's not. <laughs> I, I actually you owe, you owe me college tuition, kid. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Uh, only, only if, uh, if you meant like a meal at a college. Yeah. But um, on the meal plan, that was about it. But uh, well, not, yeah, nowadays so that book fetches you $30. Yeah. D depending on the condition. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Just about what a college meal will cost you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Morgan. You... <laughs> Excellent. So, all right. So going back to Morgan. So did you have a tribe? You know, how did you meet those other kids you were hanging out at the bookstore? Were they going for the same reasons or you just happened to be hanging out? You know, back in the day, it was definitely like same and different. I think they, you know, sat around and read comics too, but also, you know, other things, YA books. Um, I think eventually, actually, I really got my tribe, though, when I decided I wanted to pursue comics full time as a job. Uh, and I had no idea how to do that. <laughs> you know, comics is one of those wild industries that you can't just like apply for yeah. you know for a job as a creator you want a comic job here we go yeah right the whole it's like there's a, you know linkedin the craigslist for comics so linkedin right um so i actually decided to pursue it the only way that i really knew how at the time which was through academia uh so i went and actually got my master's at the savannah college of art and design uh because they offer they were one of the few colleges at the time i think there's a couple more now but that offered um a master's in in sequential art which is like a fancy way to say comics and storyboarding. Um, and I feel like that's where I really found my tribe. Uh, the the kids, I say kids range from like 20s to 40s, but that were there, especially in the year that I did, were all just like incredible talents and they were super dedicated and we were all really hungry and we, you know, pushed each other and like lovingly critiqued each other and really helped each other out. Um, and actually a lot of those, those kids uh, are pretty, pretty big time in the in the industry today so, so we Ooh. all went in to continue to support each other now um and in fact here in denver i've got a comic studio that's me and, and five other creators um jorge corona uh rye hickman sarah stern jeremy lawson and david stole uh, and we all went to school together and we're all working full-time in the industry together and so, oh, so it's kind of wow. it's kind of my comic tribe and it's nice you know it, to have somebody who can have extra eyes on things or proofread a tough email uh, or that, or who just gets it, you know, who just gets the work, uh, the dichotomy between like a job that you're really, really passionate about, but one that can also be pretty challenging um, at times. Mm -hmm. it's, it's nice. <laughs> well, that's awesome. You just dropped some names there. I'm like, where's my broom? <laughs> Those are some great names. Oh man, that's awesome. <laughs> what about you, Matt? Talk, you know, did you have a tribe growing up or were you the lone wolf? Uh, I, I was neither. I was just me. I was just alone. <laughs> there was no wolf. There was no nothing. Um, I had very few friends growing up. I had like one, but we, we didn't have any of the same interests basically. Um, no, I mean, really like for me, I think, I think I feel I found my people through theater. Actually, that was my first theater okay. major forego. Yeah. I, uh, studied theater creative writing. I started my own theater company when I was 21. I was producing shows all over New York, 
worked oh, my wow. way to producing stuff in Florida, in Toronto, in California, directing, producing, doing little acting, lots of writing there. So that was really where I came in through. Um, and it was because I had just graduated with my master's and I needed a job. And a director friend of mine was dating and now was married to the general manager at Forbidden Planet in Manhattan. And hey. so, he, okay. you know, I didn't know nothing about nothing, but he clearly wanted to stay in really good with her. So he gave me a job and that's where I started meeting. And um, working there with folks like Vida Ayala, Danny Lohr, Matthew Rosenberg. Um, Rosenberg actually recommended me to Valiant Entertainment, which is how I got my first publisher job um, in sales. And from there, I would just go to 20 conventions a year for that company, meeting retailers all over the country, going to 250 plus shops all over the US, Canada, the UK, um, and just sort of like slowly, just by accident, it feels like I just started to (laughs) gel with people and meet all these really cool folks. He just tripped into the business. Oh, man. Oops. <laughs> Truly. I didn't get a date, but I got a career out of comics. So there you go. Hey, but a hell of a career thus far, man. I mean, you've yeah, done, yeah. You, you done some stuff, Matt. You've done some stuff. You know, you know, brush your shoulders over. Be like, yo, that's right. That's amazing. All right. So talk about them. You know, you, you, when, when was the spark that hit you? You really wanted to get into comics, Morgan. What was the day? Did, do you remember that moment that you said, I really want to do this? I mean, I remember the moment where I decided I was going to go in all in professionally. So I, I always I always loved comics and I was always one of those kids who just like drew all the time. I was like that weird kid, you know, in like early high school was just like aggressively drawing dragons in your notebook and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I was a really weird kid. Um, but I so I always drew comics just in my free time as like a hobby. It, it was I loved art and I've always loved storytelling. I come from a family of storytellers. It's like what we do. Okay, cool. Um and you know so i always kind of knew and i told anybody who would listen from middle school to high school to whatever i'm gonna be a comic artist that's what i'm gonna do uh i didn't go to college for it though i went <laughs> i went to college for cultural anthropology uh, what yeah. <laughs> okay what a flip um, was this like, is news to me too al i'm very excited <laughs> yeah i wasn't i think you know around it, College is one of those hard things in general, right? Because you're like 17 and 18 and somebody is like, make this huge decision for the rest of your life, <laughs> which is not uh, a Decide now. <laughs> if anybody at this age is listening, take at least a year off before you go to college, please God. Uh, but no, and I, I don't think I had the confidence in myself to commit to something like art school, right? College okay. all around is really expensive. I... I don't know why I didn't, I wasn't feeling confidence about art school. I don't know why I thought cultural anthropology would open a lot more opportunities for me. Um, I loved academia my whole life. I love learning. I joke all the time that if I was like a super wealthy trust fund baby, I would just be like a permanent student. (laughs) Um, But I didn't really, I think I was naive in that sense. You know, I'm, I'm of the generation that we were kind of sold the like, you have to get a degree to, to get a job. And at that time, too, it wasn't like, oh, a business degree or whatever. It was like any degree for some reason. Get a job degree. Get a job degree. Yeah, I didn't really think about it until I graduated that it was like, oh, you know, while I was accumulating really interesting knowledge, I mean, my undergrad was was fabulous. Um, 
the past four years, I didn't have any like skill sets for like a <laughs> for like a career. So I graduated in in uh, 2010 in San Francisco in the middle of the big recession. Uh, oh, wow. And I started working retail and was like, I need to figure something else out with my life because I really hated my job at the time. Right, I'm I was, not like, folding no more. Right, but, I'm not folding stuff. I want to draw. <laughs> oh, I, I was selling. I was selling high end watches. Oh, ooh, it was ooh. brutal, and I'm not very good at that job. <laughs> but anyway, um, so you know, I tried to figure out. Okay, you know, maybe because again, like, I, I need to pursue higher education of some kind to get me on a track, whether it's going to be, you know, more anthropology or coding, or if I'm going to be a professor. You know, and I really thought about it and I said, you know, the only thing I've ever wanted to do my whole life is draw comics. And I knew that I was like, if I don't put 100% of my effort into it right now to see if I can make it, I won't ever make it. And I will probably regret not trying for the rest of my life. So, yeah, it was the summer of 2010 <laughs> that I was like, I'm going to go to comic school and figure out how to do Whoa. this. Awesome. That's a brave decision, especially as that's a hard economic time as yeah. well. So it's like, well, debt till the day I die, but that's fine. <laughs> sure. Yeah, what? I give you. Wow, yo, that's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> gutsy, gutsy move. But look where you at now, and you've yeah. done some great stuff thus far. So yeah, about I you, Matt? Don't, I definitely don't regret <laughs> the decision. I'm, I'm really grateful. Um, and and if I hadn't, you know, lots of people are capable of figuring out things on their own path. And that's great, but I I can almost guarantee had I not gone to SCAD, I would not work in in comics right now. Ooh. So that was that <laughs> moment in time for you. <laughs> <laughs> so what about you, Matt? Talk about when you decided to really step in and, and now become a creator in, into the business. Because now you're visiting stores, going to cons. Like when did you take that? Make that decision, rather. <sighs> Gosh, I made that decision during the pandemic. Really. Like that's that's when During I the pandemic. Um, I've been writing plays and audio plays and um, short films and music video treatments. I've done all that stuff since I was 13. I wrote I, I, I wrote my first book manuscript when I was 16. Came so close oh, to getting published at 19 and it just broke me. So like so for me, I've been I've been writing nonstop since I was 13 years old. I always knew like I want to be a writer. That's that's where. So I, okay. I picked a college where I could learn about writing. I picked a college in New York. I, um, you know, I really worked towards that path and it was just so hard. It, there's no money in theater. Um, I worked for an off-Broadway company for two years um, in, in the behind the scenes stuff there as a literary manager and assistant stage manager for their reading series. And I taught playwriting to uh, youth education programs. Um, all the while, I had to also work at the comic shop to pay bills. So I was working about 65, 75 hours a week. Oh, um, geez. Plus, plus producing shows. Plus producing shows on the side of all that as well. So basically, um, you didn't sleep. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. I had insomnia. I didn't, I didn't sleep between the ages of about 11 and 30. Damn. Um, oh, damn. So uh, my partner will tell you, it was brutal. So, so yeah. So honestly, it was like during the pandemic theater shut down. There was no such thing as live performance. And we did some stuff online and I, I moved into audio plays and we did a great podcast called April is the Cruelest Month, which is about like alternate history <laughs> stories of crazy events that happened in the, the month of April, which there are- That's my birthday days. month. <laughs> Unbelievable. More crazy events. Oh my yeah, yeah. God. And I was born in April, time. my gosh. <laughs> For sure. So it was, you know, my one of my best friends in the industry is Heather Antos, who's our editor on this. And she'd been encouraging me 
since we met when she came to Valiant originally and was just like, you're a good writer. Why are you not doing this? You literally know hundreds of comic book shops, you know, writers, you know, artists, like you should do this. And I was like, you know, I have no good reason not to try this. Why am I not putting my energy and my focus where it should be? And so that's Yay it. For so just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, so I made the decision. I worked on a couple anthology projects that never saw the light of day. Uh, I started my own web series. Um, and then uh, here comes crashing. Really? So yeah. when, when you did those stories for those anthologies and they didn't mm -hmm. come out, how did you feel? I was fine. I mean, you know, I, I, in theater, I, I had enough rejection. Like I, I, it's nothing new to me. It's like, yeah, Rejection. sometimes you, you, you invest in things and you put your energy in the things and you know, going in, hopefully it'll work out. But sometimes, you know, you go through the development process and you can't get your play past a workshop, let alone a production. So same thing here. It's like, okay, I, I knew going in, like if the Kickstarters didn't make it, then there'd be no such thing as this project, but you know, you move on. There's always another idea. There's always another idea and another opportunity. And I'm a very big believer in if you want to do it, make it. You know, that's the number one thing when people say to me, How do I get in the comics? And I'm like, What are you working on? I was like, Well, I don't have a publisher. So what are you working on? Like, there's no excuse not to make comics in this day and age when you can yes. put them on social media, you can self publish on yeah. a number of websites, you can reach out to any creator or editor or publisher online and they will get back to you for the most part they will they yes, will they answer will. your your dms and what have you because they love talking about it so make something so that's that there it is it was in put up shut up time for me and i just decided to start making stuff there you go all right so here we go you started making stuff you said obviously this, this bad boy project crashing is happening right so mm -hmm. now i need the story of the bromance if you will how did you guys connect and, and then the rest of the amazing team to bring this beautiful project to fruition so um, yeah go ahead man so i i i reached out to morgan through uh the manic pixie dream boy that is ryan katie um so ryan uh, i knew through forbidden planet he was a customer there he was friends with with matt rosenberg um so i met him a whole bunch and i was putting together the the document for for what is now crashing. And uh, I asked Ryan, I said, who, you know, name some artists uh, who would be a good fit. And he was like, well, have you talked to, to Morgan Beam? I was like, no, Morgan Beam is far too cool for me. I have not talked <laughs> to Morgan Beam. Um, and Morgan and I just never crossed. Oh no. Now that I realize it. Um, so, okay, so yeah, so Ryan recommended and I reached out and Morgan was super professional and very patient um, and willing to, to talk with me. And uh, so, and you know, as soon as we talked through the project, Morgan got it. I, I knew Morgan understood exactly what this was all about. She, she really understood the character journey with Crashing. She understood what the tone was going to be. Um, and you know, even though it's a book with superheroes, it's not a superhero story. And I love, I love that about it. And Morgan understood that immediately. And it was just like, oh my God. It, for me, it was like, oh, an adult came into the room. It was like, ah, yes, my ramblings make sense to someone. <laughs> Excellent. Someone understand the language. Hey, awesome. So, <laughs> well, because as, as a writer, you, it's all in your head, right? Like it's yes. all there in your head. And until you express it and find a way to communicate it, you really don't know what you're saying. Like, mm -hmm. are, are your ideas going to filter properly? 
Are you communicating it, you know, effectively? And then finally someone says, yeah, no, no, no. I hear you. I hear you. So that was what it was like. That, that, that's the, that's like saying, you know, uh, you know, bless you to a writer, right? Oh yes. I understand. I understand your story. It's okay. So, so Morgan, give, give me your version of, of, of this bromance. Can you corroborate his, his, his story? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it's pretty, pretty standard. He nailed it. I mean, I just got an email, uh, you know, from Matthew that said like, Hey, you know, I'm Matthew Klein. I, I work for Penguin Random House. I used to work for Valiant. I got your, um, you know, information from Ryan Katie. So Ryan, again, a, a mutual friend of ours, a mutual co-creator, um, another fabulous comic writer. He and I did a webtoon together actually called Wolf Spain. Um, and he's just an all around great guy. So anybody who knows Ryan and is friends with Ryan is to be pretty chill. <laughs> um, yeah, and just came on with this project that just had a really you know, just a really good hook. I remember reading this concept, you know, and this was at the time that, you know, we're all kind of coming out of lockdown. We've spent a lot of time in our homes together. I've been watching a lot of TV shows and I'm reading this pitch and I'm like, man, all the things that you're seeing, you know, kind of as these big drama shows right now, um, you know, you've got your ER dramas, but you've got like Jupiter's Legacy um, and The Boys and these kind of where it's like, we're going to take comics and superheroes, but then we're going to make them a, a person drama, right? We're going to make them about mm -hmm. family ties or interpersonal relationships or self-struggles rather than like, you know, justice guy beats up villain guy. Um, and so I was just like, man, this story is very relevant and it feels very right now. Um, and just like, a lot of fun, which it has turned out to be. Um, I will say that uh, Matthew also came in with the uh, true tour de force that is Heather Antos, who is our editor. Um, she's been a, a huge part in just creating this project in general and polishing it and getting it to where it is on both ends. Um, so that was just another, you know, huge figure to come in. So it was like, yeah, I'd love to work on this book. So we we made a pitch together um, and then kind of, and then it and then it sort of ended up at, at, at IDW. <laughs> Yeah, right yeah, time, yeah. You know, right time, right place. Truly, like we yeah, were, we were working on the moment. We were working on the pitch with Heather. Heather got hired at IDW while we were working oh. on the pitch. Um, IDW happened to also be focusing on creator-driven, non-licensed product as part of their IDW Originals line, and they were looking for projects that would be a really good fit in year one. And they had a oh, slot. Wow. That we literally it was it was about as seamless a process as i've ever heard of it in comics and i've, I've been on the other side of that um, it was definitely Valiant. the easiest process i've ever been through it was video. ridiculous like i'm spoiled this is my first one uh, that's what i'm about to say screwed. don't be spoiled after this don't not I'm be so spoiled screwed, after man. this he's gonna uh, yeah. anticipate the next publisher like yo you better this better be quick right <laughs> <laughs> Um, after it got picked up, uh, the pitch was originally uh, colored by Jeremy Lawson, who's one of my studio mates, who actually colored uh, the Swamp Thing book I worked on. Um, and he's fabulous, but he's actually transitioning out of coloring uh, to like full illustration interior. So he said, you know, like, hey, I, I can do this pitch for you, but I, I can't do the main book, uh, which was a bummer, but actually wow. worked out fine because through, you know, after it got picked up by IDW and kind of through Heather, we picked up uh, Tree, Trina Farrell, and then Haas on coloring and lettering, respectively, who have really, I mean, like, Matthew's writing is great, and I feel like my inks came out fine, but talk about, like, when you're going to polish something so it looks professional, those two steps 
you know, the artistry that goes into coloring and lettering is just fabulous. And we are very lucky to have a really good colorist and a really good letterer. Uh, it's so fun to turn in the inks and then get like the final manuscript back and be like, oh, a professional comic. <laughs> like, it just, it really <laughs> I did this. Yeah. I do this. <laughs> awesome. Um, so yeah, those Let's start showing. And I do Let's think, start you know, showing. Just from everybody's professionalism um, and then also in, in great deal to Heather just being a fabulous editor. Uh, it really has, I mean, we mentioned this in another podcast, it really has felt like working for like a well-oiled machine. I feel like everybody Wonderful. just kind of clicked in really fast and everything came together really well. So That's exactly what everybody wants. Mm -hmm. And everybody's bringing their, everybody's getting the best work out of this project. I really feel like everyone's on their game with this. Everybody's excited about it, you know, and like, as, as you see one piece come together and someone else reacts really excited about it, then the next piece, someone also get that excitement spreads. It's, it's like wildfire and you end up like just slaying it the way that this whole team has without question. I mean, Morgan, Morgan's artwork is more than fine. She is absolutely downplaying herself tremendously um her layouts her her storytelling her visual storytelling the pacing she's created i mean you even see it here on just like page one this frenetic you know er like yeah. pace of like starting with a major uh disaster area that she handles so beautifully um mm -hmm. but no it's it's just been an amazing amazing team and again just like i i feel like, I, I hope I get another experience like this in the industry because I'm not foolish to think this is what it's like every time. I was telling Morgan, in, you know, prior in the green room, how, how beautiful she drew this because you could tell that the main character is going through a lot. And even without words, the way she emoted the character and the challenge that she is facing you know, as, as somebody gives us something, it's like, whoa, this this is a deep book. Yes, it has the superheroes, folks, but it, like like Matthew said, this is not strictly about superheroes. There's so much more. I'll tell you right now that health insurance would be very much more expensive. This is the world we live in. <laughs> oh God, yeah, I don't even want to yeah. think about that. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. I really appreciate that. Uh, drawing like the facial expressions of characters having like a lot of feelings is like one of my favorite things. So, yeah, and that's one of the reasons why we wanted to come to you, Morgan, because we knew like you could you could nail the acting, right? Like you could really hit that emotional journey with them, and does I mean beautifully. As you say, you don't need my words; you really don't. <laughs> it's tototally fine if you just do this without anywhere as a wordless comic. It works beautifully. It, it, no, but we need your words because we got to know what's going on because there's so much going on. You're creating this universe. This hospital is a universe. And the things that, that the main character is going through, it's, you know, she's doing things in and out. There's policy. So talk about the inspiration for for this book, you know, the set of circumstances that they got to deal with in this world. Um, for me, I, it started the, the very germ of the idea for crashing really began when I was I would watch testimonials from first responders during the pandemic. Um, and they would talk about just the trauma and the overwhelming sense of dread every single day, trying to save people. And this is before there were treatments, before there was a vaccine and just the, the sheer weight that it would put on them. I, I remember stories of people talking about, they would be driving up to the hospital and they would have a panic attack and they'd have to wait 
10, 15 minutes before they could even stop shaking enough to get out of their car. And then they would go in for a 12 hour shift and, and they would be trying to help these people where there was no cure, there was no vaccine, there was no treatment. And just the, the sense of like over a, a world that's so overwhelmed this everyday hero. And that's what I really wanted to focus on was an everyday hero. Cause Rose Osler is a doctor. She has a superpower. She saves people every day. She just does it with a scalpel instead of a cape. You know, there's no healing ray. She does it with a chest protractor. Like it's, it, she is absolutely a superhero amongst this world. And that's one of the things I want to showcase, but like everybody, you can get pushed to a breaking point when you are dealing with something so overwhelming, so much bigger than you. And that's really where we, we start uh, with crashing. And that was the, the germ of the inspiration was that. Gotcha. And, and was this book created during COVID time? Yeah. yeah. The, the first draft of this pitch that I wrote was probably February, 2021. Oh, wow. Okay. So you were right in it, right? We were right in the middle of it when, when, when you were creating this madness. We really Definitely were. tons of inspiration. <laughs> and, and, oh, absolutely. And, Morgan, so, and, and huh? this is, yeah, I mean, and this is, this is meant to be sort of a, on some level, this is meant to be a, a thank you to them in a lot of ways of like, we see you and we hear your pain. We hear what you've gone through. We don't take it lightly. We understand that you're people, even though you've done beyond extraordinary things for so many years at this point. So that's that's what we hope we can get across. Morgan, I got to ask, do you have experience working in a hospital? Because look at the layouts, the panels in, in this one page. You know, she's working hard to save somebody. And obviously, we find something out like a little bit too late. She found out too. But I mean, talk about how you work through these pages. But there, there's a lot going on here. And you, you made it look so good, but feel so busy as well. It's like, whoa, like you um, feel, you smell the sweat in the, in the hospital. I have zero hospital experience, <laughs> um, as I'm sure, unfortunately. I think about this every time I make a comic that has any kind of specialty in it or something, is I'm like, ah, oh, man, somebody from the medical profession is going to read this and be like, what the hell? <laughs> like, that's not how that works. <laughs> that's not what that looks like. Uh, which is fine, you know, right? To a certain extent, you have to suspend disbelief because, you know, at any point in my career, I'll have to draw a hospital drama or a spaceship or equestrian or whatever. And, you know, none of that is things I've experienced and you do your best. But um, no, I, I do have friends um, who who work in hospitals, um, who are both in, you know, labs who've been testing. I have quite a few friends who are nurses. My, my undergrad alma mater, uh, one of the biggest majors was nursing. Um, and so who, you know, as Matthew mentioned, really got put through the ringer uh, these last couple of years for a job that was already hard to begin with, right? Like nursing and being a doctor is, is never like a, a cakewalk anyways. And then, yeah, to have like a global pandemic hit was devastating. Um, so I definitely asked them for a lot of knowledge. Um, I also just started, which again, I'm, is not, I'm sure factually correct, but I started watching like a ton of ER medical dramas, watched a lot of Scrubs, watched a lot of like Grey's Anatomy, <laughs> General Hospital, that kind of thing. Uh, just even so I could get you know, like, okay, this isn't going to be maybe a hundred percent accurate layout, but they at least needed to have, right. Like a staging, a setup, um, how things go together. Uh, you know, a lot of just Google searches for like what general equipment look like. Um, my Google search history, if you go through it any one time is probably 
wild. <laughs> uh, Maybe Dr. Yeah, so Beam, like, paging Dr. Beam. <laughs> yeah. So just to figure out, you know, like, okay, what, uh, you know, uh, an operating room looks like and what kind of, you know, surgery tools are most prominent and how they're used. Um, you know, at any given time, I feel like I watch a lot of like weird YouTube videos of people showing micro stuff, you know, surgeries, different things. So I can kind of get a feel of like, this is how the hands move or this is what that tool is used for. Uh, so just kind of a lot of general, you know, thank God for the internet. Uh, I don't know how people made <laughs> comics before it. <laughs> you set them in space where you can make up anything. That's the yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're right, though. I always think about that, you know, digging back a bit. It's like, wow, you know, you the creators nowadays are so much more lucky because they have research yeah. at their fingertips as opposed to back in the day, you had to have pay, actual paper, faxes, and walk to a library if those still exist. A library, <laughs> I think for this book, right? Like, I probably, if it was pre the internet, I would have probably had to, like, walk down to my local hospital and be like, hey, this is weird, but can I take a bunch of pictures? <laughs> and then probably be like, get out. Like, I need no. photo reference. <laughs> would have had yeah, to go buy a great anatomy textbook. In the time and, period I mean... that I am. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew was going to get some textbooks for you, apparently. Don't worry, I got you, kiddo. I'll, I'll mail them via USPS, snail mail. I got okay. you. Amazing. So talk about this whole cast, though, Matt. I mean, how did you build up this whole cast? Why this concept, you know, this way as well? Because, again, you know, it is super heroic. We, we were introduced early on to some of the players in this universe, if you will. So like, what, what else can we expect? Because the way that this one ends, too, it ends on a doozy for the first. It's like, oh, my God, you guys trapped me like a fish on this one, too. Hook me. I Matthew, know. real quick, is, is really good at that. I'll say that every time I get the <laughs> script for a next one, it's great because it's like it builds the tension and then it leaves you where you need to know. And then the next issue, we just ramp up the tension again and leave you right kind of on that cliffhanger. It's been the hooks are good, yes. man. The hooks are good. <laughs> it is. It's like the old school 1930s, you know, serials from back in the day. Oh, where you think somebody's a, just died and then the next episode, oh, thank God they're alive. <laughs> You'd be killing me, Matt. You killed me with this one. So talk about that. No, but, but that's comics though, right? Like episodic episodic storytelling. That's what it's all about. You know, it's like, all right, I, we, you know, and, and Morgan does this so beautifully. Like we got to hook you in those first couple pages. And then the last page, we have to make you need to come back a month later. We need to make you remember this book a month from now. So you got to hook them. Like that's, and you know, you tell that overarching story, but you know, it, there's there's a real debate in a lot of, circles of the industry of like are you writing for a monthly or are you writing for a trade paperback but you're publishing it monthly right and so we really went in with the the challenge of like no 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 we are going to hook you every single issue every issue is going to have a cliffhanger and within the first two to four pages something big's going to happen that's going to make you go holy smokes like we really and and again this is to to morgan's and and tree and haas like just the ability to do that, to have that hook in the beginning, to leave you with that cliffhanger, they've done amazingly on this. So I'm really excited to start hearing people picking it up and getting their experience and being like, wow, yeah, that ending, man, that ending really did it. So so we'll see. Oh, the ending on this first issue definitely gets you hooked like a fish. And definitely early on, like you said, I mean, I'm a coffee guy. So I, I, I felt their pain immediately. I was like, oh, my God, no, I, you need that shit. We're also dealing with even more tougher themes because, you know, yeah. we're, we're talking about people working in a hospital, 
you know, and this is a superheroic universe. So, you know, and villains and things are happening that are even outside of what we're dealing with. And yeah. these people are undergoing some pressures. So you even have kind of a story of addiction as well in this. Not kind of. Very deep. Very deep. Very it's deep not, stuff. It's not kind of. It's, it's, <laughs> a, it's a superhero plot, but it's a story about an addict. Yeah. Is really what it comes down to. Like her addiction is the actual conflict. I would argue through the entire series. And again, that's something that's hit in every community right now. 108,000 people died over the past 12 months because of overdoses. It's the most on record in this country since they've been calculating it. There's no community in the United States where addiction is not rampant right now with opioids and what have you. So like, again, just like, what is something that's super relatable? What is something we are all doing? This is meant to be a comic that is almost a reflection of outside your window, but then change the angle just a little bit slightly. Um, but yeah, so that's that's really what we wanted to explore. That's the human drama in all this. Yep. And you also explore policies, because you know I know Marvel yeah. fans will understand this when I say the Superhero Registration Act, but you took it another level above that, where like public works shouldn't be able to assist these people. Like what? Well, Again, what's happening right now? You know, look at look at what's happening right now in this country with the debates over healthcare, with Roe v. Wade overturned, with like it's it's real, man. Like this is this is and again, you like you look at those Marvel comics from the 60s, especially what what makes them so addictive to to kids of that time? It was the real world in so many ways that was being dealt with through this lens. And I wanted to honor that tradition. And I think that Morgan does a phenomenal job and, and Tree and Haas of sort of really bringing you into this world that looks a lot similar to ours, but just with the the, the tints a little bit differently. Yeah, it's all about tints. I mean, I wish he was wearing, you know, contacts or something because when she opened <laughs> that eye, there we get that, folks. I mean, imagine this, you're in a hospital, unsure who that is, you have a feeling and all of a sudden you do to do a test. I mean, this is what happens. Jeez, yo. And then all of a sudden, oh, that's so-and-so. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> you know? But again, again, there's a challenge even within this because again, certain rules and you know, but again, the Hippocratic oath at the same time. So this doctor is challenged. It's yeah, a very yeah. challenging time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's one of the things that I think Matthew did very well with this book is showing, you know, kind of the complexity of everything. You know, you you can have some things where you're like, okay, that thing was bad or that thing was good, but it, it, it's mostly just about people trying to navigate their own fear, their own weaknesses, their own shortcomings, and what do you do, right? Like, so yeah, if you're a hospital, you know, this, somebody comes in, yeah, who has a laser eye, it's going to blow the roof off like it just did. You know, do you risk treating this person where if you don't, maybe they'll die, but maybe if you do, a bunch of other people are going to die and just trying to juggle, you know, that, um, that heavy of a question and that, uh, you know, and, and you find that I think Matthew does a very good job is that there's a lot of different opinions in this comic, right? Some people want to do it this way. Some people want to do it that way. Uh, and, you know, much like the real world, you just have to figure out, you know, kind of where your heart is at in it. Um, and you just realize that everybody's just kind of trying to do what they think is right. Um, even if maybe it's not, <laughs> uh, but people, you know, people are messy, people are flawed, people make mistakes, people act out of emotions. Um, and I think Matthew did a really good job of kind of touching on that in this book, which just makes it very relatable. No, agree. It's, it's, it's a wonderful book. So let our fans know that are tuning in, watching, listening. 
So is this an ongoing? Is it a limited? What do we got here? Five issues. We have five issues um, out monthly. First issue is on sale uh, Wednesday, September 21st, wherever comics are sold. Next week. Um, next week. Oh, I, I, it's oh, finally wow. here, Morgan. It's oh, finally my God. here. Are you guys excited or what? I'm so excited. So excited. <laughs> I'm just taking a ton of like uh, emergency preemptively because I got to go on a tour with this thing. Um, so uh, it's like. Is New York Comic Con going to be a stop for you? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll be there. Oh, I'm not sure if Morgan's making yeah, it out. I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure I'm making it to that one this year. It's still a little up in the air, but we will, we will see. Yeah. But you got to make a decision quick. Yeah. It's coming That's, up. That's fair. I'm gonna go with probably not this year. Coming over uh, next week. Since this is a book about health, though, yeah, you know, just so you know, because this is a health book. There's a mask mask mandate now for New York Comic yep. Con. Yes, which I personally think is for the best. Fully support. <laughs> Fully support. Um, I made a custom one. You can don't you ooh. worry, Matt. You're gonna be there. You're gonna see somebody with a Comic Crusader mask as me. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, stop by the stop by the IDW booth. I think me and Heather will be signing at some point, probably on Saturday, maybe Friday. We're still waiting to hear the the final times. Mm -hmm. um, but I've got signings lined up uh, next week in South Carolina, North Carolina, and then Morgan and I are traveling down to Houston for Bedrock City for a Saturday signing. The week it comes Ooh. out, um, it will be the first time Morgan and I ever actually meet in person. Uh, yeah. I was going to um, ask, have you ever met? I mean, because this is a new day and age where uh, creators don't meet each other un unless it's a con, it's a big con at some point. Yeah, so that's you, pretty awesome. <laughs> oh man, you guys looking forward to finally meeting in person as well? Yeah, it's going to be super fun. I owe her so many drinks for what she's done with this book. I can't. Oh, Morgan's going to be carried okay. home. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> Call me again. Uh, awesome. So, Morgan, any appearances you're doing other than that? Uh, so, yeah, when I, at Houston with Matthew at uh, Bedrock City, and then I will be doing uh, a couple local signings uh, here in Colorado. Um, I'm going to have That's a, right. which will be really fun, a midnight release uh, sort of Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, Ooh. early hours at uh, Mutiny Comics here in Denver off of Broadway. Um, and then I'll be doing a day of signing that Wednesday at Hall of Justice Comics down in Parker. Wait a minute. A midnight signing? Is that common in that in your area? So cool. that shop? That uh, is you know, I think cool. it's common at the shop. The shop's called Mutiny. And it's kind of just like this really awesome sort of like metal indie shop. Yeah, um, they do a bunch of just kind of like cool untraditional things. So, uh, yeah, I think they they do so, uh, quite a few midnight signings, uh, but I don't think so common everywhere else. No, it's not. They ain't doing that in New York right now. <laughs> and not not without the publisher's permission. They can't do it in New York. That's for sure. Marvel yeah. has shut down a whole bunch of those requests that we got in. Believe me. Um, oh really? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Um, no, I want to give a quick shout out, though, to uh, Wednesday of release. I'll be at Borderlands Comics and Games in Greenville, South Carolina. And they actually shelled out the cash. They're doing a store exclusive cover by Veronica Fish. And all Ooh. proceeds, all proceeds for this cover go to the Tunnels to Towers First Responders charity. So I encourage everyone, pick it up. It, it's a great cause. They've been around for decades. They were one of the major charitable foundations during 9-11 uh, and the aftermath there. They're a great organization. I'm so honored that Borderlands, uh, you know, decided to do this. And it's wow. it's a great, great endeavor. So I'll be there. And then I'll be at Sailfish Comics in, uh, on Thursday. I'll be stopping by Rebel Base Comics and Cards um, 
during the day on Thursday, the 22nd. Um, on Sunday, after we get back from Houston, I will be uh, driving down to Annapolis, Maryland for Third Eye Comics. And then Wednesday, uh, the 28th, I'll be at Bulletproof Comics in Brooklyn. And then uh, I'm, I'm in Montreal. Wait, no can reach wait a minute. Where in Brooklyn? Brooklyn, New York? Yeah, yeah. I live in Manhattan. Where? So. Uh, oh, well, I'm in Brooklyn. I'm in Greenpoint right now. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a, it's the last stop off the the three train, basically the three. Oh, and the, the yeah. <laughs> uh oh, uh oh. Al Mega got a new comic shop to visit. This is gonna be insane. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. Oh, they've been you around got... for they've been around for like three decades. It is a back issue fans like joy. It's amazing. Oh, so back issues. Oh. This guy, he, Morgan, you're right. He is the king of, of, of you know catching people like a fish. Oh, he said back issues. I'm in. I'm in. I need back <laughs> issues. I'm a back issue person. Is stop it. I can't hang out with Matt. I'll be broke. And, 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 and folks, is what you gotta do. <laughs> happy broke. Yeah, you're right though. I'll be reading. No, no money in my pocket, but I'll be reading. So check it out. You gotta pick up the book. Check out idwpublishing.com. Check out the series Crashing. You know, get yourself a nice little refresher synopsis because you're gonna want to pick this up. At your favorite local comic shop, right there, as it says, on the 21st of this month. Now, if you have a local comic shop you go to, give them this code. Say, I want crashing. Give them that diamond code right there and get that on your pool list, all right? It's a five inch series, folks. Come on, you're going to love it. You're going to dig it, all right? Now, after you do all that, you're going to follow Matthew on Twitter at MatthewKlein316. And it's, I love the name here. And on Instagram, Mac the Knife, 1116. All right. And of course, when it comes to Morgan, first check out her website. I mean, you, do you accept commissions, Morgan, on the website? Uh, or something? Yeah, not, not quite the second, but yes, generally I do. <laughs> generally, not right now. She's too busy, folks. But, you know, check out all the awesome work right there. Follow her on Instagram, on Twitter at Morgan Beam, that's M O R G N B E M. And then, yeah, she has a Tumblr that may be kind of dead, but it's not dead because she got cool stuff on it. So go Morgan Beam on Tumblr too, all right? That's what you got to do, all right? So both of you, any last words for, for up-and-comers here? So ladies first on this one, you know, what type of advice would you give to somebody that wants to step into the game? Um, Probably actually kind of what Matthew touched in kind of earlier uh, when we were talking about our starts is that, you know, if you want to make comics, it's it's a really cool time for that right now because there is just such a huge diversity of platforms and ways in which you can go about that, right? It's not just, you know, the same three big publishers that you kind of have to break into. Those exist, but there's also, you know, Kickstarters and self-publishing and Webtoon um, and a bunch of other, you know, online comic reading platforms, things like that. Um, and I do think that there's kind of a support and a hunger for new stories that there hasn't been before. Um, and I will say that, that now that I've been in this industry for a little while, right, I've been working maybe for the last full-time for the last 10 years, the number one thing that I see between people who like make it in comics and people who don't is just people who kept going. That's it. Mm. Like some of it, you know, will definitely be talent and speed and being easy to work with. You know, you can't be a huge dick and you have to make your deadlines, but <laughs> it's just the people that you just keep putting work out there. Um, yes. Don't get discouraged. It takes a while. You have to keep putting book out, work out there consistently. You know, I've seen people online lament, like, I've been going around to conventions for, like, two whole years trying to get somebody to pick me up, and, and nobody will, so I'm going to give up. And it's like, it's just, it just takes a while. You just have to keep going. Um, so if you want it bad enough, you will. Um, 
And then, yeah, if you just keep putting work out consistently, uh, somebody's going to take notice. Somebody's going to be like, oh, you know, I've seen that person put out some pretty cool stuff now, you know, every month for the past three years. Let's hit them up. Let's see if they want to make a book. Mm -hmm. Let's see if they want to kind of do it that way. So, you know, definitely, you know, diversify your platforms and then just just keep making the work. There you go. Steady is the pace. All right. So be steady on the race. (laughs) What about you, Big Matt? What's popping? What's up, everybody? Uh, I'm going to. I'm going to build off Morgan a little bit here, and I'm going to say embrace failure because you are going to fail a lot more times than you succeed. But the beauty of it is often failure, you learn so much more and you get so much better. Um, And just like, don't be afraid of it. Understand that's part of the game. Your first draft as a writer, your first draft is going to suck. It's not going to be anywhere near as good as draft four or five or six. And that's good. That's what it's supposed to be. Like, you're not going to have your every pitch is going to get picked up. That's okay. What's the next idea? Just keep going. Do not let failure stop it. In fact, welcome it. Because through every experience you have, you are learning something. You are growing as a talent. You are meeting more people. You are learning about what works for you, what doesn't work for you, what type of working environment works best for you, what type of storytelling you are there's never a time in the process where you are not growing as long as you embrace that and recognize where failure willing to fail and you will learn from it. And that failure is your path to success. Yeah. That's my, that's my, my one sentence. You hear that folks, you fail, but you got to keep getting back up, dust yourself off and you keep going forward. You got this. Don't you dare give up. So I just want to say thank you from a fan to both of you creators. Thank you so much for being brave and bold enough to put your works out there. You know, yeah, failing as much as you did, but to bring, bring us this amazing project to both of you, if you will. So this is great. That's dropping on the 21st. Folks, trust me. I mean, you've seen Morgan's work before. Big Matt been, been talking the story up. All right. So this is what it is. You got to pick this baby up from IDW Publishing on the 21st called Crashing. Fantastic storytelling. You know, I can't wait to read the rest of the series because number one got me very interested already. And that ending, you damn you, Matt. I want to know what the hell's going on. <laughs> You'll find out. I can't wait. I can't Buckle wait. Up. Oh, yeah. I definitely will. I definitely will. I'm going to get the crisscross one so that way I really don't fly out of my chair. You know what I mean? <laughs> so thank you guys for your time. I appreciate the heart of you. Keep creating, keep being awesome. And I can't wait to see what else you guys come up with in the future after this bad boy is over. Because again, I think you guys make a hell of a team. So God bless you guys on your continued endeavors and, and, and career. I can't wait to meet you guys at a con one of these days. You know, I'll, I'll grab a beer with you guys too. It'll be a wrap. Don't you worry. Look forward to that. Uh, thanks Absolutely. so much for having us on, Alice. It's been wonderful. Yeah, yeah, thank, thank you, you so much for having us. Don't you worry. Whereby, and a big shout out to Laura from IDW too. Thank you for putting this together. You know what it is, folks. The outro tells you everything to do. I'm Al Mega with the amazing Morgan Beam and Matthew Klein. Hasta la próxima. Wepa! Thank you for listening to the Comic Crusaders podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCapes.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today. 